Welcome to Changing the Sales Game podcast on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. Thanks for joining us this week. So I know every week as you tune in, I go on and on and on about sales and that it shouldn't be sleazy and icky and manipulative, right? It really should be coming from this place of love, care, and respect. And to help you on that mindset journey or that mindset shift, I have a free gift for you. Uh, go to my website and take my free communication style assessment. Just You get two cool reports. One, spotlight your superpowers and just let you really know what your natural communication um, vibe is and how people are perceiving you. Flip side, you'll also get a report that shows your lowest score, which typically is our blind spot. Both both sides of the coin, real important for you to kind of embrace and uh, change, right? Or or uh, change that mindset using those tools. So go to WhitmanAssos.com slash CSA, my gift to you. Now, my motivational quote today is by Jay Bear, and Jay says, content is fire, social media is gasoline. So as I reflect on this quote about marketing, I'm always thrown by the number of people who, when I speak with them, they lump sales and marketing in one sentence as if they're the same thing. And of course, I always correct them and I say stuff like, I stay in my lane. I know I'm good at sales from A to Z. Please don't ask me about your marketing message, info, website, et cetera. Not my jam. Now, for me, building relationships, whether it's in person or online, is the key to leveraging promotional partners and influencers. So today's topic, of course, is going to be about leveraging and specifically leveraging the media. Now, I know with every post I read or write, we're in a very crowded market with a lot of noise. And the question that we need to ask ourselves during this this next half hour really is, how will you stand out? Of course, I have an expert, uh, my good friend and expert, Patty Farmer, and I are going to discuss actionable strategies because, you know, for me, it's always about the action. So actionable strategies on how to leverage your time, money, energy, as well as your network to get massive results in both local and national media to succeed in today's business environment. Now, Patty is an award-winning marketing and media strategist, international speaker, podcast host. I was on her podcast, magazine publisher, and seven-figure event producer. Now, as a global influencer and thought leader, she works with women CEOs and entrepreneurs and speakers who are experts in their field to help them fully identify their expertise, attract and convert their ideal buyers, gain massive visibility, package their knowledge and position them in the marketplace to leverage the media and create marketing strategies that are profit, not only profitable, but also not painful. Please help me welcome my wonderful friend, Patty, to the show. So Patty, thanks for being on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. You know, on my podcast, as you know, when you were on, it's really all about marketing, right? But everybody always wants to know about sales. So I find this very interesting and fun today that I'm on the flip side of the mic now where your show is about sales and we're going to talk about marketing. So I love that. And I also want to say I love that quote by Jay. Um, That is a great quote. I've heard it many, many times. And it reminds me of another quote by Gary Vee who says, and it's actually in his office on his wall that says, if content is king, context is God. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that is so important in your marketing and in your sales 
because we all know how important it is the context of the conversation we're having, right? Uh, always, yeah. And I love, I love Gary Vee, Jersey guy, Jersey guy. Uh, so yeah, I love him and his energy. And you know, I was born in Jersey too. Did you know that? I'm a Jersey I think girl. I did when we talked. Yeah, when we, yeah, I could tell by your accent. <laughs> you don't have a Texas accent yet, so. Yeah. All right. Let's start first question. You know, I use the word leverage in that intro. So talk to us about how do you define or how can we, how, how can you define leverage? So we know what we're doing right to leverage our genius. Sure. So leverage to me is your ability and power, right? Your ability and your power to influence specifically buying decisions, right? To maximize advantages, to maximum advantage. Because I think a lot of times we don't always do that, right? There's so much more you can do than you're already doing. And really, I think people are so underutilizing that strategy and it really affects massive growth. Well, and it's for me, you know, when I, when I speak, especially to business owners at the blind spots, right, which I talked about with my communication style assessment, Patty, all the time, I see business owners leaving money on the table. They see, they go in with a preconceived idea or a client reaches out based on the marketing. Hey, I'm looking for X, Y, Z. I saw your post or I read your article or whatever it might be. I found you. Hey, this is what I'm interested in. And then what happens is the business owner goes in very focused on that particular need. And then they forget obviously they're not as skilled as me because I've been doing this, you know, 40 years, right? So this is never a put down. It's just an observation. But what happens is they're so focused that they don't really understand the full capacity or full depth of what's going on with the client. So they're not making an offer that is more complete, that actually can help the customer or the client better, right? Whatever that means, whatever the client's looking for, whatever your product or services are. So you leave money on the table. We're not leveraging each situation to the maximum level. So I love that word leverage because I think if we can leverage marketing and we can leverage our sales conversations and we leverage it all the way around, it could literally mean not changing any of our behaviors or efforts or hours and working on business, any of that. And we might be able to scale a hundred, 200, $500,000 just from leveraging our marketing and our sales. I don't know. Where do you land with that? No, I do. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to backtrack for a second and talk about, I think this is also where the most missed opportunity is. <clears throat> I think a lot of times, you know, we're all told that you should outsource everything as soon as you can get your business to the place that you should outsource, that you should and always yeah. just focus on your strengths, right? What is your brilliance? And while I do agree with that 100%, what I feel is an opportunity missed is if you don't realize where your, I don't want to say weaknesses, but what are not your strengths, That's right. there's the opportunity for collaboration and to bring in somebody else to get you to the marketplace faster. Because it doesn't matter how great your product or service is, if you're still working on things that are not your strengths, you're not in the marketplace and you have to be positioned correctly. So I feel like that is a missed opportunity, but I also really feel that when people are thinking about the things that they want to leverage, one of the mistakes, dare I say, is because they don't remember. They've been taught, but we don't always remember the customer journey. Yes. And so I think it really starts there. So based on the example that you gave, let's kind of think about that for a second. So if somebody is in the stage, which is the first stage of the customer journey, where they're just becoming aware of you or actually aware of the situation of their own, like they're just becoming aware. Mm -hmm. 
and they haven't even realized it's a problem yet, right? They're just right. becoming aware. Well, if all of a sudden you're talking to them, like they're ready to buy, well, they're not there yet, right? And then even after they're aware, then they go to interested. Now they're kind of like, you know what? I kind of have become aware of that. Maybe I'm kind of interested. Maybe really, honestly, I should maybe do something about that. But then the third stage is evaluating where they're evaluating, can you solve my problem? Right. I'm evaluating who that is. So the mistake that people make in the media, and this time I'm kind of specifically talking about social media, Mm -hmm. is that when you are posting or doing your videos or whatever you're doing, you're trying to talk to all three of them at the same time. And somebody who's in the awareness stage is not in the same stage as somebody who's already made the decision and they're evaluating if it's you, you can't talk to them all the same. You do need to talk to them all, just not in the same post. So the biggest mistake I think people make where they fail to leverage is because they're trying to rush, right? I call that lazy marketing, where they want to kind of like spray and pray and throw it against the wall like it's spaghetti marketing, right? But the reality really is you need to know who your people are. So I think that a lot of times, I'm sure you get this too, is everyone's like, oh, but I know who my target market is. And I'm like, well, great. That is only step one, though. That is foundational for you to know who your target market is. What I like to do with my clients is go way deeper than that. And it's like, who is your target buyer? Which is not the same thing. Your target market is somebody who has a problem and you have a solution, right? But a target buyer is somebody who has a problem You have a solution, but they're actively looking for that solution. So when you're leveraging, you just have to know that you can leverage better if you actually are talking to your target buyers than if you're just talking to your target market. So how do people find there? Because I think there's so much talk about your ideal client, your target market, who's your avatar. And we're, we're drilled. I know myself as a business owner, I hear that all the time. So where do I go? How do I find through media, my buyer, my targeted buyer? Well, one of the things there is to really be really clear who your target buyer is. And by that, I mean, think about that customer journey I just talked about, right? Mm -hmm. You know, who is it? that really needs your, like has the problem, right? You know, which people are really good about, oh, I'm going to be in this Facebook group. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that, right? And there's like, oh, that's where the pool of people are. Yes, but rather than jumping in, this is where you're going to ask questions. This is where you are going to engage so that you can find out. You may put up a post that you are really talking to the people who are interested to try to move them right? To, they're ready to evaluate, but you have to know that if you put something engaging, you may get, say you get 50 people to comment on it. All 50 of them are not your target buyers. So you need to answer every one of them. You need to ask questions. In other words, do the work, right? You need to do the work and know who your person is and that you're talking to them in the way that they want to be. Because it's not just about trying to sell people, it's knowing why they buy. Like, what's the reason they should want to buy from you? And you have to know what that is. And so I think a lot of that is really being really clear when you're posting on social. But then in regular media, it's really important where you are spending your time, your energy, and your money. So I'll tell you a couple of places. For example, let's just talk about podcasts. 
right? So when somebody's on a podcast, here's what I'm going to say. I don't go on podcasts where their audience isn't my audience. Now, if somebody's a newbie, so to speak, and you know, it's the first six months of business, or maybe they just changed something they're doing and they've pivoted, you know, a lot of that has happened. And so, so maybe you just need to get in front of the media. But the reality is, unless you're doing it to practice, right, you know, so that you're getting good at knowing how to speak in sound bites and how to answer questions, unless you're doing that, there is no reason for you to be on a podcast that doesn't have your ideal people. So what you have to know how to do is you have to know how to do research and you need to know how to ask questions. You need to find out. And that's as simple as reaching out to podcasts and saying, you know, I want to serve and support you in the best way that I can. You know, could you share with me who is your demographic, right? And knowing, are they the right people? It's kind of like speaking, right? You know, if you get asked to speak to an audience, if you're, say you are, someone who writes content, you know, you're a content creator, you know, going and talking to a whole bunch of nutritionalists maybe isn't your market, right? You know, unless they all want copy, right? And they need content. But I mean, the reality is know why that you're there. So now here's the thing. So now you do that, you find out where should you should be. And that's where you spend your effort. That's where you spend your time, your money, your energy in getting to know and engaging with as many of the hosts that actually do have your target audience, right? And then knowing how to serve them. So I have to tell you, just this week, I was pitched one of the best pitches that I've ever heard. Somebody actually wrote on my social and said, Patty, I went and listened to three of your podcasts and they were so good that I already left you a review. And so for those that don't know this, when somebody leaves you a review, sometimes it takes 24 hours to even show up. So what they did is before they hit submit, they copied and pasted it into that post so I could see what they wrote about me in that review and said, and you know what, Patty, I think I could add to the story. I think what such and such said, I think I have a few things to say on that, that I think that if your audience love that, they might like these things. Like I reached out to her. She was on my podcast right away. So she did her work. And it wasn't because she left me the review. It was because I knew that in leaving that review, she really had done that. And I thought, wow, anybody who's willing to spend that time doing that is really great. And after she was on my podcast, I went and left her this glowing recommendation on LinkedIn. And I put what she said and I told the story of what she did because I know every podcast host now is going to want to have her on their, on their podcast. And I wanted to, you know, reciprocity being what it is. I wanted to say thank you. But the reality is if somebody just pitches you and they do all the time, I'm sure you get it and just say, Oh, I'd like to be on your podcast. But then again, How many times is somebody on a podcast and they think leveraging is because they posted on Facebook and said, oh, I'm so excited. I was on Connie Whitman's podcast and that's it. That's all they do. That's all they say. I mean, that's not leverage, right? That's not leveraging at all. And so I think that it is really, really important to think about what's the next step? What should I do before? What should I do during? What should I do after? You know, when you're on a podcast, if you have someone who's a good host, like you are, and like I am, right, it's all about our guest. 
We, Always. you know, I, we've all been on a podcast where somebody asks you a question, the host just spends all the time talking about herself or himself. And you're thinking, why do you even have me on here? Right. That's but right. a good host is really about the guest and serving their audience. That's why they brought them on. But to be a good guest, here's how you leverage because people who are listening either know somebody who has a podcast or they have a podcast. So here's one of the things you want to do that's super simple. While you are there, you're on this podcast host podcast. You should know about them, right? And give them the opportunity. And so I always try to say, just like I did with you, I had you on my podcast. And I loved when we discussed, you know, when you were actually taking us through so many sales things that you did, but giving them an opening where they're not going to be able to, you know, tout their sales, but giving them an opening to be able to say something honestly, you know, like, do your work, honestly, find something that you can say, I love that you wrote this blog. I love that you did this. You know, I know it was great that I was on your podcast, but I want you to know, I went and listened to a multitude of other of your episodes, which I did, because then you give the opportunity for them to be able to say something and have a conversation where they get to talk a little bit about themselves too, but do it in a way that really serves them. And when other podcast hosts hear that, they're going to be like, oh man, nobody ever does that for me. I want you on my podcast too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's funny, you cracking me up because when I was on <laughs> Patty's podcast, I got to, I think the eliminating the five layers, Patty, and I got to three and she jumped right in and I said, well, thank you for that layup. The fourth one was exactly, she saw where I was going. It was logical. And Patty, right. We, we just kind of snickered and said, okay, get out of my head We're on the same page yet again. And that makes it fun too. When you, when you're hosting a show or a guest on a show where the, the host, in this case, you were the host totally understood my, my thinking, right. And my process and was supporting it just so beautiful using client examples and stuff like that. So that's another thing that synergy, I think, between podcast hosts, podcast guests, um, you, you got to be able to build on each other. And that's why you and I, I think our, our synergy is really similar. The other thing you said, which I was cracking up, um, do the work, do the work. And I'm giggling because the first step in my sales process is being prepared, doing the work. So just get out of my head, woman. You're in my head again. Uh, but isn't that the truth, Patty, with anything? You have it is to with put everything. Yeah. You have to put the time in, right? Well, and think about other ones. Like there's speaking, there's, you know, leveraging books. So say you've wrote a book. A book isn't just a book. It's like 30,000 words. If you write a whole book that you actually now have content, Right. And so what are you doing with it? So how would you get that content out there? So one of the ways to leverage a book is really to go on a podcast tour and then to decide for the right reasons, <laughs> for the right reasons, that is there a cause that you have that you're, that's, you're passionate about that you, that actually has something to do with whatever it is that you're doing and actually say that you're going to donate a portion of that to a local charity or even a global charity. But I have to tell you, I have five books. And one of the things that has really worked for me locally is a, that whenever I, so if you have local, this is a really good tip. So I hope everybody has their pen out. So wherever you are, think about who you know that actually has like a conference room or 
or something. So I used to team up all the time with financial advisors. And so I had a client who was a financial advisor. And what we did is, is we actually had her reach out to local artists. And what she did is she said, here's what I'd love to do. I have a huge conference room and I would love to feature your art. So basically she decorated the conference room with beautiful art that she had little things on there where people could buy it. So she was helping the local artists, but not only that, what she did is she would reach out. We would reach out to like big brothers, big sisters, the cancer society, whatever the case may be and say, Hey, whenever you're having, um, you know, your wine and dining, so to speak, your donors or whatever. I'd love for you to use our facility. We'll even do the wine and cheese for you, you know, and then they would come. And then what would happen is you're now their sponsor. And so when their media comes, you get to have five minutes or whatever to introduce them. Your office is now spotlighted in the media. You get to say something about the artist. So you're serving your local community. And now those big companies like the Cancer Society and them, they're all putting you in their media talking about how you were willing to donate that. That didn't cost you a dime, except maybe the wine and cheese. And if you know how to do it, you know how to get somebody to donate that too. And stuff, it doesn't cost you anything. And so there's a lot of ways to leverage that. And if you're doing books and you're donating to a cause for that, you know, you could do the children's literacy. There are so many things And this can help you, the entrepreneurial schools for teenagers. You know, there's so many things. Like, here's another way. I had a client here in Dallas who's the chiropractor. And he's actually, I can't say his name. He's one of the chiropractors for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, he was not allowed to say that he was. He was allowed to say that he was a chiropractor for an NFL team. He wasn't allowed to say which one. But he lives in Dallas, though. So let's get real. So what would happen is he came to me and he said, you know what would be really important to me, Patty? I said, no. He said, I would love, I would really love to get into schools. I'd really, really love to get into schools and I've never been able to do it, right? They just won't, they just won't do it. And I said, well, you just haven't had the right campaign. So he's like, well, how could we do it? I said, here's how you're going to do it. So we went to the schools and we said, here's what we do. At the beginning of school, all those kids always have to have for sports, they have to have a sports physical. And they average about 50 bucks. And I said, tell them that you will donate for this amount of days. So pick two days or whatever, and that you're going to donate all the sports physicals. No, no, no. Let me stand corrected. I I said that wrong. No, what would happen is anybody who came to have the sport physical with him, so he made money doing that, he donated all the basketballs and all the sports equipment to the school. And then he reached out to um, the sports people and had them donate T-shirts that they signed and stuff. So now the parents, the dad wanted to bring the kids whatever. And like, he is still to this day in the schools here and stuff for that. So you just have to realize what can you do? What can you do? Because I'm going to tell you, there's so much free media out there. And then, you know, doing your do it yourself press release to talk about that. I mean, you can hire somebody that's totally cool to have a publicist. And if your business is at that point where you can do that, that's great. But there's a lot of them that you can write themselves. But the fact of the matter is, if you pitch and say that some of those big companies were there or some of those um, 
nonprofits and stuff, that's a good human interest story and it will get picked up. So there's a lot of ways that you can get media for free and national media as well. And then you just have to know how to pitch it so that then people will, will really, you know, kind of spread out. So you need to have promotional partners and good collaboration partners and stuff. And that's really, really important. Yeah. And, and, you know, that, that story about the chiropractor, what a great story. What here's, it's a win-win, right? And I always say, if the business can win, in this case, the chiropractor, right? The school won, right? And because they got donations for equipment and stuff like that. And the kids won as well as the parents, right? Because they had to get their physical. I call that the trifecta in my world, right? When we have that win-win-win situation, what a beautiful opportunity for the business owner, but for doing something really good that feels good and making everybody win. And and that's the other thing too, Patty. And I know you've heard this, you know, because you and I were peers, uh, you know, this isn't our first rodeo that w- especially with sales, it's it's like a win and lose situation. And for 40 years, if if myself, my company, wh- whoever I would represented when I was a sales rep and and then the client, if if all three could not benefit, it wasn't a good deal. Then how can you push to make that sale, right? Because, or, or it's great for the client, but I'm losing and the, and the, 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 um, my company's is losing. That's not a win either. So you have to have that win, win, win. That was such a great example of that as well. Plus, I love the thought of the collaboration and those promo partners that really, again, they win, they get some promotion or they get in this case, the, the, um, charities actually got some revenue, right? Donations, which was a wonderful thing. The school got the donation, but then the the people who donated the equipment were publicized. It's just at no cost that feel good. We can all win um, together. We have to be creative in how we think and approach and who we collaborate with, right? Yes. And I think it's like, you know, we all are in sales. We're all selling ourselves. Always. Yep. But it's so much easier to do and so much easier to leverage when you know who your promotional partners and who your collaboration partners are. And just so you know, those are not the same. Like most people think that your collaborative partners and your promo partners are the same, but they're not. They can be, they can be both. Somebody can be both, but they're not actually the same. So somebody um, who's a collaborative partner means you're actually collaborating on something like you're doing a master class together. Maybe you're doing a workshop together. Mm -hmm. You're actually collaborating where both of you are doing the work some type of work, and you're both going to share in the profit somehow, right? And so that's part of what I was saying earlier about opportunities. So for example, for me, I love marketing. I help people with messaging, whatever. I actually don't like to write copy though. It's not my favorite thing to write copy, but I can tell you that my number one collaborative partner is a copywriter. So whenever I'm doing that, copywriters, they're not marketers. So when I say to copywriters, hey, how would you like to do this workshop with me? And I'm going to talk about marketing and media and you could talk about copy. I can tell you that my people need copy. And here's the thing. She doesn't even have to. So sometimes you share expenses. But in this case, as an example, I'm always like, you know what? I'm in marketing. I'll do all the marketing. But what I want you to do is write all the copy. And I'll get to the marketplace with that workshop way faster than if we're waiting for me to write all the copy and write all those funnels and 
right? All the autoresponders and the emails. So it's like, you know, that's what she does well. Good. Do what you do well, and I'll do what I do well. And it's a win-win for everybody. And so you need to really think about who is that. And one of the ways to do it, because people always say, well, that's great, Patty, but how do we do it? So here's one of the ways you think about. Every time you solve a problem for your client, whether you realize it or not, it illuminates another problem. And what I mean by that is, so if somebody hires me for marketing and I take care of all this and it's really, really great, a problem that might illuminate is they're like, oh, that's really, really great, but now I need to rebrand or now I need to do a new website. I don't do websites, right? So that was a problem, which means that somebody who does websites is a great collaboration partner for me, like that copywriter. Now I can help someone with branding and I do it really, really well. But it's not what I want to do because I'm so busy in marketing and media. So people who are in branding, sometimes people come to me and they want marketing and they don't even have a brand yet. They don't have a brand. They don't have any of their branding stuff. If they have a brand and I just need to help them with branding strategy, well, that kind of falls under marketing strategy. But if they don't have a brand, they don't even know what it is. I don't want to do that, right? Because we can't even get started on marketing. So I send that to a marketing person. So that's somebody who is before me, right? So think about this. I call this upstream, downstream. Who are the people that your people might need before you and who are the people they may need after you and who are the people they may need during their time with you? Those are your best collaboration partners. Now, promo partners are not the same. Promo partner means you're not collaborating on pretty much almost anything except for some type of joint thing you're promoting. Mm -hmm. So this could be somebody where you're having a summit and you just want them to promote. It could be that you came out with a book and you have a, you know, a book launch and you're asking them to promote. And how do you make that a win-win, right? You know, now, if you build relationships with people and you're doing things and promoting it for them when their time is, it's not always going to be you're doing something together. It could be that they do this workshop and it's in the spring and you maybe do something in the fall, but you agree to promote each other's event if you have the same market right? Because it's always about the best opportunity. I call those ops, right? That stands for other people's people. And that's the name of the game to leverage and monetize is how can I get in front of other people's people in a way that serves them? So with this example, you could do something like this. So if you're coming out with a book launch, and I'm sure people who are listening are, somebody is, right? So say you're going to launch this book. So here's what happens when people don't really know about marketing. They write the book and now they're going to release the book and they have no platform and they'll come to me like, oh, Patty, I need to market my book. When's the book coming out this week? Well, they should have been doing that like six months ago, right? Because by the time their book comes out, they should be on a 25 podcast tour. They should already have built the platform. You know, it's kind of like a doctor say writing a book and a lot of them do. And then they say, oh, I want to market it. Well, where's your platform? I don't have one. Well, who are you selling it to? Your patients? I mean, like the reality actually is who are your people? So one of the things that really works there is you reach out to those people who serve that market, like I said, and you go to them and you're like, okay, so we all have things that we give away, you know, could be webinars, you know, downloadable things, whatever you have. And whenever I'm doing a promotion of some sort, I go to those people and I say, listen, here's what I'd like to do. My book is coming out. And when my book comes out, the reason why people are going to buy it on day one, which is the day that pretty much determines whether you're going to be a bestseller or not, 
is to give them all these bonuses. Why should I buy your book today instead of next week? Well, you should buy it today because you're going to get all these bonuses. And then you reach out to those people and say, oh, well, what are all the things you're already giving away for free? And are you willing to donate those? Well, now they're going to get in front of all those people that you're promoting your book to. So that's a benefit to them. If they opt into them, that helps them build their email list. Maybe they're going to decide they want to hire them, but they're giving you all that content for free that you don't even have to come up with. So there's a lot of different ways that you can promote. And one other way would be, say you do webinars, say you do webinars, masterclass, whatever the case may be, come up with three people besides that don't do what you do and decide that if you do webinars all the time, so say maybe you do a monthly webinar. Well, who are three other people that do monthly webinars that have the same audience as you, right? But they're not you. They don't do exactly what you do. They serve your audience in a different way. Well, say you do your webinar on the first Wednesday of the month and the branding person does hers on the second Wednesday and the salesperson does it on the third Wednesday. And basically what he says, we all have the same market and we're all going to promote each other's webinars. And so what happens is each one of you are always putting new people in front of those people's webinar, but they're doing the same thing for you. So there's a lot of different ways that you can do things. Those are just a few marketing ones, but this is how you leverage media. You go out and get in front of other people's people. Such such great advice, um, Patty. We're out of time, but thank you. That was amazing. Uh, wonderful tips. I really do hope everybody had a pen and paper. If not, I highly recommend go back and listen and, you know, kind of bebop back and forth so you could get exactly what you're looking for from all of those great tips that Patty just shared. Listen, I know you need more Patty in your life. So please go to her website. It's pattyfarmer.com. You can email her directly at patty at pattyfarmer.com. And Patty is with it, a Y, P-A-T-T-Y. Um, also, she has marketing media money.com, which is a free gift um, that she's offering to my peeps. So I will put that in the post so you can find it easy peasy without having to hunt. So the website, pattyfarmer.com, email patty at pattyfarmer.com. And again, marketingmediamoney.com is a free gift. Uh, It's an ebook, right, Patty? No, it's actually, uh, it is a quarterly magazine. Oh, wonderful. That's wonderful. Okay, great. Should have asked that before we started the show. Uh, So it's marketingmediamoney.com. Again, that is in the show notes for you guys to uh, check out. Patty, thank you. Wow. That was like so much information. And I meant that, I mean that in a good way. So many tips, strategies, ideas, start. And here's the thing, everybody, Patty just gave so many wonderful tips. Think about who can I collaborate with? She gave so many good examples, tangible examples. Who might be a good promo partner for me? How could I leverage this book I'm writing, right? There's so many ways. The, the example of the chiropractor with the, the uh, local uh, schools, another great example. I loved the story about the financial planner bringing an artist to decorate the room. Holy smokes, looks good. People are making money, um, opportunity, right, to see what local artists are doing. Again, this promotional um, kind of vibe to it, but it just feels good. It looks good. It just brings the uh, event uh, to life. So just another such a great example. Uh, Again, guys, start thinking, who can I collaborate with or who might be good at if you need help with your marketing and media? Patty's the gal for you. She's just amazing. She's been doing this. Patty, how long have you been doing it? 
27 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, like, come on guys. She's clearly an expert. She's seen it all, been through it all. Uh, she might be exactly what you're looking for, looking to achieve in 2022 um, with your company from a, a marketing and media perspective. Um, Patty, thank you again. Always just so insightful. And I love that you fire fast. So again, peeps go back and listen, take notes because there was just a ton of golden nuggets throughout that entire show. So again, Patty, thank you so much. Truly a joy. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it so much. Yeah, always a pleasure to spend time with you. And I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together that shifting, creating change, uh, determining what's that next step for you. I really, really hope that my guests and I provide those ideas or that we become the catapult of something that you weren't even thinking about. And now you're, you're you're clear. It's clear what that next step might be. So I hope my guests and I provide that for you. That really is one of the objectives of this show is just to keep helping you stretch yourself, whatever that means for you, depending on where you are in business or in your career. Keep stretching yourself. That's where the magic starts happening. And I, I really do hope my guests and I uh, make that stretching just a little bit easier and not so painful. <laughs> Thanks, Patty, again for, for joining us. And thank you for tuning in to Changing the Sales Game on webtalkradio.net with me, your host, Connie Whitman. Um, I really hope you all have an amazing week uh, filled with joy, inspiration, and again, stretch. What is that stretch for you this week? And hopefully something Patty shared might be exactly what you were looking for. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Have a great one. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow.